I'm recording. Okay. I like the title of the of the article. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the this this the thing that stimulated me to to publish it. I'm not sure that there was a particular. Inc- I think it was like straws and camels back sort of thing. Of of seeing, uh, like you know, cum- cumulatively. Um, I mean, the word that I'm using, I, I notice in conversation with people, is ugliness. Seeing ugliness, little little drip 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 ugliness of stuff and and i i was having a chat with somebody recently and said i'm i notice i'm slowly beginning to enjoy social media more than i have been of late because i have i've done a bit of a clear out of the what i was what i call ugliness right right it it does make a difference it does make a difference you know that if, if you know drip 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 like water dripping away it's like a, a yeah chinese torture right i mean it's yeah the, uh, the, the idea of having that mm-hmm. drop they did it in viking <laughs> mm. where they tie somebody up with just mm. a drip right and at some point it drives you completely insane yeah it'll take some time but and I think I got I got over the summer here with the EU referendum thing. I think I, I was I saw on my social media feeds more than more than um, the usual amount of ugliness and uh, unkindness. Hmm. And I'm not a um, by any means I'm by any stretch of the imagination I'm not an advocate for people to just be nice and avoid things that need to be said. There's a difference. Yeah. But there's a difference between just being. Um, be you know avo- avoiding things and being nice and um, and saying things that are probably ill thought out and and I think we've had a conversation about you know us and them many times mm-hmm. and I'm I'm particularly after the EU referendum and a lot of comments that I'd see from people that I actually know that come, coming to this thing that there is no us and them it's all us it's all us. In the end, uh, you know, uh, friend or foe, uh, mm. it doesn't really matter. Ashes or diamonds. Mm. In the end, yeah. we're all the same. It's it's what it is. And that Carl Sagan thing, small blue dot. You know, this is it. We've just <laughs> got this one place to live on. Right. And you know, to bring it down to a smaller level than the planet. You know, when the EU referendum was was rolling out, and I heard, I heard, and I saw comments on television and on my social media feeds about the, them them that voted us to mm. leave, them that are campaigning for us to stay, mm. in quite ugly terms. And, and thinking, actually, when this is all over, I, I don't really want to, to share this island where half of them are idiots or undeserving of uh, their own thinking or uh, are unable, they're deemed to be unable to have made a decision, whether it is informed or ill-informed is not the point. But actually, you know, if if you think of half, if you think half of this island are stupid or whatever, I'm not sure that's the way forward. 
whatever the decision it would not was, be a good perception no I mean, not a good perception and whichever way that the referendum went we still have to share this island and we still exactly. have to work together exactly um and so i think over the summer i, I my, my exposure to ugliness was a little, a little bit exacerbated i mean mm. i know social media you get the best of people and the worst of people um and um i actually don't think there's anything wrong with stopping and thinking and going well maybe maybe a little bit of kindness is what's warranted here right now okay on that note i'm going to open the podcast right away um mm. for and i'm going to share whatever we just recorded also yeah good okay. so welcome to the podcast this is the reimagining work podcast uh this is episode 38 wow it is isn't it it is a wow and um this is a podcast where uh, it, we're going to title it anyway, the same as your article, What the World Needs right. Now, and um, it's love, sweet love. <laughs> and it's just, well, it's, I mean, the words are uh, timeless as far as I'm concerned. And, mm. But uh, I, I do believe that we need it more and more uh, the way things are. Uh, degenerating, mm. uh, deteriorating more mm. and more. So mm. I'm Roger Nord. I'm doing this together with uh, John uh, Winger. Hello. Hello, John. <laughs> and um, yeah, are, are we talking about just being nice, or is it just uh, are we? Is it something that we've lost? Is it something that is so difficult for us to do? I mean, what you said about the the the, the campaigns in the in the, in the referendum in the Brexit referendum, mm. uh, for for a large part, um, for many people, it it's almost literally it's your neighbor that you talk about, mm. right? Mm. Obviously, on the maps, everything is generalized. Uh, you got mm. Scotland voted like this, and England's voted like this, and mm. but there are plenty plenty of people in England that voted for uh, to stay mm -hmm. and for a lot of people it's their neighbors that oh, literally their neighbor mm. uh, that was opposed by it and 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 felt the necessity to call anybody who'd stay they wanted to you know who voted for staying an idiot uh, meaning you yeah well I think you know like we just before we, we started recording I was talking about uh, our friends Richard and Kenneth, who've just published The Neo-Generalist, and we'll have them on and have a conversation with them in the future. But, you know, one of the things I was talking with Richard about uh, was this this um, pigeonholing that we now have to do. We, we don't have to, but we do. You know, if you're going for a job, they want to know what pigeonhole you fit in, what, mm. what box, you know, what categories are you, what types are you, what, mm. you know, uh, who who are you and, and who are you not? And so the idea that you're, you're a Renaissance man or woman or you're a generalist, confounds people because we want to say you're bad and we're good us them you know mm. because it's easy to kind of it's easy but but that's the whole problem right it's a shorthand we're, we're so, so convenient useful. with everything I'm not, so, I'm not exactly i'm not so sure it's useful it may no. be convenient but it's not so useful i think I so think, yeah we <laughs> want to say we call them now the brexiteers the people that voted to leave the brexiteers yeah you know, or the or the remainers yeah. like there's a tribe or a camp uh, but, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, but to classify you know, a population of sixty million in two camps, and say, and to and to make a generalization, I'm not sure is so useful. It's like oh. to reduce any human being 
to based on some of their behaviors, I think is unfair on them. I think they're doing uh, um, the divide and conquer mentality mm -hmm. in the United States. They've been doing it for quite a while now. You have the two-party system. Mm. That's it. Mm. Anybody else who wants to try anything from the outside in, just forget about it. It just doesn't mm. work. And um, for the past couple of elections, it's it's been very close to 50-50. And so they've managed to divide up the country very neatly in half. And um, it's, I always go like, I, I like a multi-party system where you can, you know, there's different shades of gray. I mean, there's, the shades, no, yeah. there's no, either you're red or you're blue. You know, ah, I want to be purple. You know, I, I but, just want to be green. I, I want to be something to have, else. To, to have shade, and that's fine if you want to be green or red or yellow or whatever. But but then layered onto that, you have shades. But then you have this an attitude of what you do about that. And if the attitude is, regardless of whether you're a green or yellow or a purple, we are still a we, and we will still have to cohabit this country, this town, this planet, this island or whatever. And I think that's the bit that that gets missed. You know, Americans are all Americans. There is a we there. Mm -hmm. You know, and we saw those and we and, and it's again, it's it's a convenient thing to do because it helps you to transmit your message if you have one. But, you know, the whole we are the 99 percent, we are the one percent, the 99 percent, whether you're a 99 percenter or a one percenter, you still share the place. You still share the, the one planet. cannot share the, the, the one arguably one cannot live without the other. Mm. Uh, I think we can do without the one percent. I don't think that's a big problem if we miss them, but uh, in essence, uh, we are a symbiont species, right? I'm yeah, like, we are. Yeah, it's, that's a, right. it's actually uh, uh, quite similar to uh, the last uh, discussion that we had, the last uh, episode that we did. Mm. Um, it, it, it is something that we tend to get back to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think there is a there is a bit, and social media perhaps allows folks to feel a little bit freer it has points for myself i know to feel freer to say things that you might not say to someone's face or to be a bit more abrupt you know that you know i might make a i might have made a tweet about a politician that has particularly angered me but when i you know if i stop and think about it i go actually if i'm going to practice what i preach that person uh is a human being with needs and values and wants that there's a family and that sort of thing so it's not good for me to reduce that person to their politics. That there is, there still needs to be a we, because I'm not sure that, excuse me, we humans are going to get much further unless we start to realize there is no us and them. There is only we. I guess that's what I was sort of thinking about as as I was writing this this article. Well, that's there's the the bit about uh, zero degrees of empathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you mentioned uh, Professor Simon Baron Cohen, and I'm yeah. not doing this from the top of my head. I am reading it, but um, and that is where you see that the inherent uh, connection between individuals mm. of a certain mm. species mm. is very, uh, very real. It is, it's mm -hmm. inherently, it's genetically there. Mm. Uh, because we know that we need each other to survive, period. Mm. 
and um, and in this particular case, you talk about uh, rhesus or the yeah rhesus monkeys yeah. about the rhesus monkeys that and I'm going to read it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an experiment where the rhesus monkeys were trained to pull a chain in order to obtain food, which they quickly learned, uh, which makes sense. The contingencies of the experiment. Uh, were then changed such that every time a monkey pulled a chain, they got their reward, but they also saw another monkey receiving an electric shock. When they observed this, they stopped pulling the chain. Mm. Yeah, one monkey even went without food for 12 days because he just didn't want to hurt mm. another monkey. Mm. Which is amazing when you think about it. I mean, he has no relation with the monkey. Mm. And he'd rather starve himself to death than hurt another monkey just to get some food mm. and um, when I think about humans um, and you take away uh, the security blanket so to speak mm. that they resort to horrible things mm. extremely quickly mm -hmm. uh, Regardless I, I, of who they are or who it's they worth have putting, in front of them. It'll be worth putting the link to um, um, Professor Cohen's uh, clip, YouTube clip, with the, the, the podcast notes. There's a, there's a really, um, I think it's a really, really interesting, um, it's a 30-minute clip. It's very well worth watching. He talks about empathy and about how at, at certain points we do shut off our empathy. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, um, I think it's the philosopher Martin Buber, he talks about that when an I-you relationship switches to an I-it relationship, when we see people as things, as its, as resources, as assets. And I think this harks back to some of the other, other conversations we've had before. We talk about human resources and people are your greatest assets and how we've got a, a system, in, well, workplace systems in the industrialized world where we do treat whether we'd like to admit it to ourselves or not, we do treat people as assets, as numbers, as resources. Oh, yeah, as, oh, yeah, yeah. And we stop seeing them as people with lives, with stories, with values, with aspirations, and we see them as uh, as numbers, as things to be deployed. Mm -hmm. um, because it's convenient, because we can, because we have systems that we're counting is easy, an easy thing to do. We collect data. Yeah, exactly. But data we're doesn't binary reveal... with those kind of things. Yeah, it doesn't reveal our humanity data. You know, I, I, I do this... I know you sometimes sort of think sometimes I, I, I'm a bit sappy or a bit emo or, you know, some, some of the things I talk about. <laughs> I have tried this silly little experiment with myself over the last few weeks where and it doesn't happen often. If I go into, into the center of town, so London, crowded, busy day, on the underground, very hot summer, that sort of thing, and I'm feeling a little bit grumpy at just people, at London, at everything. And I've tried a little experiment where I notice that and as I'm walking around and on the underground and stuff, I, I smile to myself. Not broadly, unless I'm sort of, you in, know. In, inwardly. Inward. No, I physically. Oh, yeah, I, physically, okay. I, I move my mouth so I'm aware that I'm actually slightly smiling. Okay. And I notice the impact it has on my emotional state. Oh, yeah. And it has then made, it has made the experience on those grumpy days. It made the experience of navigating my way through London really actually pleasurable. Not just neutral, but pleasurable. So I, it's, I think this was all part of that whole thing, again, that is in the context of me putting this article out, that there is something that it does have to start with us. You know, that we, we have to, if we want, the world needs love. Yes, that's true. There's no point waiting for it. If there's something that we can do that lightens our mood, 
and and it's a really simple thing. It just it's just about noticing. Why not try it? Why yeah. not do it? And then I and thereafter, when I'm if I'm in a shop or I'm whatever afterwards, and I'm interacting with people, I notice my interactions. I'm far more patient with people. I'm far more conversation. Like I'll have a little bit, bit of a chat with someone at the till or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um. I'm enjoying this experiment actually, and I still do it, particularly on days like today. It's you know, 32 degrees, and if I've had to, I've had to go out this morning, and I went and had supervision, and had to travel on the underground. It's like actually, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mindful of that smiling thing that I do, so that my journey there and back felt pleasurable, and it and it did. Yeah. It was did, did you have nice. any? Uh, um, um, do you have the feeling that other people are responding to that or reacting to that? I think I think I've noticed the folks that I do directly interact with. Like I've noticed that in cases of being in shops, or I've, oh, they have, or some, you know, there's been an error or something, and they go, oh, "I'm sorry," and I'm and I take it lightly and I treat it very lightly. That's fine, and I have a bit of a chat and say, "Look, we all we've all done it and things like that," and have a bit of a laugh. Mm-hmm. I think it does. I think oh. it does impact on people. But you see people on the guard, wary of you know the the complaining customer. I've done something wrong. Are you going to complain or? I bumped into you. Are you going to have a go yes, at me? Yes, yes, yes. But it can be so disarming if I've noticed if I make the first move. I'm not saying I've done it all the time. And I have noticed myself when I've done the other thing and I've kind of gone, well, I haven't left a very good mark there. If I'm thinking about leaving my mark on the planet, I've just bumped into someone and I was a bit rude or they kind of, you know, I was just, you know, just muttered something. But that's when I've noticed myself going, actually, that leaves me feeling pretty crappy as well. And that's the thing. Yeah. isn't it i mean that's that's what you have when um you uh respond negatively uh and i've got an example in the back of my head but it doesn't want to come forward but uh where you act negatively against yeah. something yeah if you start shouting against uh-huh. somebody mm. um that somebody has it has an effect on on the person you're yeah. reacting towards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it has an equal and opposite reaction on yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's just laws of physics. I don't know. But yeah, it is. Uh, mm. The more you shout towards somebody else, the grumpier you get towards somebody else, mm. the grumpier you get. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, and it has an effect on you. And... Uh, I mean, I've been trying not to complain now for uh, several, for a couple of weeks already, I guess. That's right. And um, and if you talk about being nice, I mean, that's just being nice to me, right? Just, yes. Just allowing me uh, not to be negative about anything, yeah. uh, to not uh, complain, uh, swear you know, go over the top about things that I have no influence on Mm. at all, Mm -hmm. right? But it has an influence on me. Mm. Mm. You know, when I complain about anything that happens on the news or the the negativity that you get in in your Facebook stream or Twitter or... uh, And and you look it up, right? Any news app that you open up is about... It's it's negative. There's not not much positiveness about it. And... um, that in and of itself has a negative influence on you. But when you start complaining about it, mm-hmm. it compounds know, it. Exactly. It only mm. gets worse. And mm. nobody 
nobody is affected by that other than you. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I say nobody, but you know, as a consequence, anybody around you will mm. have uh, uh, have to deal with that at some point mm. because it adds up, and at some point you go, you get mad about something, which you know is not something you should be getting mad about. Yeah, because we set ourselves up, don't we? We get that cycle that we create for ourselves when we get annoyed about something and then that, uh, it reinforces a negative mood and then we get mad about something and then we find ourselves saying, I shouldn't get mad about that. It's inconsequential. But we're still left with the feeling of being mad about it. So it's that, where do I break the cycle in myself? That's the trick, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that, that is, uh, I think that also goes to uh, being mindful, right? mindfulness, uh, those yeah. kind of things where you have, uh, where you are aware of the moment and where you are aware of whatever situation is going on and has an effect on you mm. and mm. what effect it has on you, mm. right? I mean, if you're aware of it, mm. then there's a huge difference uh, already you have an advantage over when you're not aware of it. Exactly. Like with exactly. many, many, many commercials that make you feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are designed to make you feel inadequate. Because uh, they're know. designed to make you buy stuff so you feel more adequate. That's the mindset, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, you see beautiful people wearing night gear because they want you, or any other sporting mm-hmm. brand like Adidas mm-hmm. or Puma or whatever. Uh, and because they want you to feel sorry for yourself that you look as fat as that you do mm. so you go out and buy their gear and uh, mm. uh, maybe at some deep level they actually care about you actually exercising and actually getting fit but bottom line is they just want you to buy their gear that's that's basically it did you see the thing in today's um i don't know if you all have seen today's uk press i'm I not know. sure how widely it is in the published in the uk actually because it's a london thing uh, Clapham Common Station, Tube Station today. No, I have not. And I don't, and I don't know how long they're going to keep this. But I'm really, I really want to go to the station just to have a drop by station just to see this. Right. They've taken away all, all the ads in the station. Uh-huh. Somebody, somebody has paid for all of the advertising space throughout the whole of Clapham Common. I think 67 billboards. Ooh. And they have plastered the entire station with pictures of cats. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is hilarious and delightful and I'm very curious just to go and see it and there's an article I read about it uh, this morning saying you know so you rather than be bombarded with exactly the stuff you were describing with the ads for protein shakes and clothes that you can't fit and holidays that you can't afford and cars that you would never possibly be able to drive now you're just getting bombarded with pictures of cats in different poses which I think is a lovely thing it's much it's better it's much better, and it, it it's also less. Uh, it's not just the messages, but it's the the noise that they create, right? The white yes. noise, the the, yeah. the visual noise. That's I mean, right. the underground and everything in London. It's it's busy enough as it is. Yeah, and you don't need all that that visual visual distraction yes. and all those all those things, right? In Sao Paulo, they they killed external advertisement, right? Mm. There's in the in the whole city they just banned ah, outside yes. advertisement. They I just banned it. Yeah, yeah. And it had uh, a couple of consequences. One of them was that because there were no billboards, you saw more of the city. 
But you yes. saw you also saw more of the bad things of the city, like yes. uh, 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 buildings that weren't slums or dilapidated yeah, buildings. Yeah, that's yeah, the word. Yeah. I couldn't get to that, but and uh, and they expected something like that to happen, so they're cleaning up those buildings. They've and they've uh-huh. been and it's been for like 10, 15 years already, right? So it's not like something new. They've been doing it for a long time, and there are still yeah. no ads, not on taxis, no billboards, no outside, nothing. And it hasn't hurt local business one bit. No, none at all. Because mm. people still need to get what they are, what they sure. want to get. They still go out and get what they want to get, and still buy what they want to buy. Mm. You know, so businesses aren't hurt by it, but the city just looks noiseless. Well, one of the things I like about traveling on the underground is that uh, it's not just inside. They're not just plastered with ads as well. That there are um, poems on the underground. Oh, like right. some of the some of the underground billboard things oh, inside right. the trains are poems. I, I right. like those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now it's, it's so. It's, I mean, you know, if, if I'm kind of revolt reverse with somebody who's listening to this, you know, we could be accused of being a little bit sappy. And you know, are you <laughs> saying that there's like that thing you mentioned about São Paulo? Like there is some bad things that need to be looked at and seen and addressed. Like I, you know, I'm all in favor. You know, I've seen so many things about what are the things that people need to learn and develop in the 21st century in the workplace and it's trust and honesty and transparency and ability to say the difficult things. I agree wholeheartedly with all that, but I think it's, it's, you know, you get more with honey than with vinegar. So you can be honest with someone and give them some difficult feedback, but it's, it's how you deliver it. You know, I think if you deliver oh, it with their best interests in mind, rather than a one-upmanship sort of thing, or I'm going to say this because it's affecting our bottom line and for no other reason, and I'm not concerned that you're a human with a story to tell. Absolutely. If you bring in that piece and realize, you know, you start with we, you know, there's a that there is no us and them, there's a we. Mm-hmm. That you can deliver all of those sorts of things that we that everyone says that we need, but you do it in a way which which respects their humanity. I think it's really important. I think one of the uh the issues or the problems that we have uh, and I'm not sure how that has come about uh, but it's definitely something historically is that we wait for others to stand up and do what needs to be done and I think uh, and I'm sure you know the term but you know when there's somebody drowning and there's like a whole crowd of people standing around nobody Mm. does anything Mm. and that kind of behavior, you uh, you meet in the workplace also, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where there's like a whole bunch of people are aware of the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they've even given a solution, a way out, like a certain mm-hmm. philosophy in where you like a social business philosophy, where you deal with people in a you know in a humanitarian <laughs> in mm-hmm. a human way. Uh, be nice, be open, be transparent, be trustworthy, mm. those mm-hmm. kind of things. But they wait until somebody else does it first. Mm. And um, because we don't dare, we don't, we don't, we just don't dare. And there's, we always but go does like, it, does it come, else. is that related to what you were saying before that it's about your state? You know, when you talk about the, your complaining thing, is it about what it does to you? Is, is it, is it related to that? I'm By thinking sure. That, thinking, maybe it thinking that is. you don't well, have it's, a place. It's feeling inept. It's feeling powerless. Inept. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. you're watching the news, you have all this, 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 these horrible things happening everywhere, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, I protested against the Iraq War in in the Netherlands 
Didn't mm. matter a damn thing. I voted left. I voted social. Didn't matter a damn thing. Mm. You know, I'm completely and utterly powerless to change anything. Uh, I was, well, interesting. Just listening to you say that now, you're you're utterly powerless to change the fact that we went to war in Iraq. But I mean, bearing in mind that we went to war in Iraq, then I will say we, even though you and I didn't, we wouldn't, we were against it, we didn't physically go, but you know, it was under our flag. If, but if it, but if we say we did it, then we can maybe maybe we can gather a little bit of a sense of of potency or power and join with others who are feeling. That's not okay, and and in 2016, yeah. begin to work out what we can do differently to to address that. Exactly. So that you know that, I mean? that 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 is that that standing up moment. Yeah. Right. That that that's the uh, that's the, the the crux of it, I guess. I mean, it's yeah. the difference between um, because when I say I'm completely and utterly powerless to do anything about it, obviously I'm not. Mm. I mean. Yes, there was a protest. Yes, there was a million people, or yeah. probably not, but doesn't really matter. Uh, yes, we protested against it. Uh, yes, they went anyway, but after that, that there was a no response. protest. Yeah, there's still a response we can make now in 2016. Yes, we are powerless to change what happened in the past, but we're not powerless to do something oh, about. Yeah, now. but we we could have gone back the next day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we could have gone back the day after that. After that, and, and after we could that, yeah. exactly. And yeah. when they decided that they wanted to go anyway, or mm. Mm, they didn't support it politically, but they did support it militarily. Militarily, yeah. Yeah, which is like okay, potato, potato, I guess. But and then we could have gone out again mm. and demanded mm. uh, and a response or a reply. Mm. And if they hadn't given it, we could have gone out again. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yes, there is something that you can do. Mm, mm, uh, mm. It's just that that pretty much never happens. Only when when uh, a people is pushed to the absolute brim, yeah, uh, is when they stand up and and unite and you know. And whether it's a nation or whether it's at work, mm -hmm. you know, where, where some people are fully aware of the situation that they're in. And fully aware that this cannot continue, yeah. As it is now, something has to be done. Um, if you don't step up, then nothing's going to change, and you're going to be very, uh, yeah, uh, sad about it or angry about it all the time, and nothing's going to change. Yeah. But if you organize and if you do it in a way where you can be constructive about it and try and solve the problem, maybe it is. And if you begin with yourself. Yes, which is kind of the crux of the yeah uh, the article also. Yeah, uh, if you want to change the world, <laughs> you start yeah. with you. So, so I mean, so I mean, so many people have said it through the ages, really. You know, Gandhi said something like that: "Be the mm -hmm. change." William Glasser, the psychologist, said, "You can change nobody but yourself." You know, lots of people have said, "You start with yourself." Mm -hmm. Even on airplanes, you put your face mask on before you put on your child's face. You know, it's it's all over the place. Exactly. Um, so that's what I was that's what I was saying in in the article is that you know we start with doing something that makes us in a good mood or feels loving towards others or you know the attitude change has to happen within our heads first, doesn't it? 
before we before we're going to get the kind of the global changes that we want to see. Exactly. So I think that that goes back to being mindful about uh, yourself mainly mm. and about the situation that you're in, and but also mm. about the world around you, right? That mm. uh, the, that the news in the evening is designed in a way that I don't know why, but having the weather at the end, for instance. But this is the weather, so you know, and then we get commercials. And so we feel reasonably content anyway, and we forget about all the rest, and then we watch the commercials or whatever. But it's and interesting because you know, like Ewan is a great advocate for being the being the the controller of the noise on your social media. You know, we can control what we are exposing ourselves to on yeah. social media. I think it's a fantastic thing that he says, which is what I I found over the summer of changing some of the folks that I follow and changing the way that my my social media feeds looks there was i was weeding out ugliness um and we don't do that so much we don't turn the telly off we don't change the channel as much as we might do on social media channels mm -hmm. um with mainstream media so we watch the news well i watch the news less and less mm -hmm. i don't watch it at all for the for the reasons that you and i have spoken about mm -hmm. you know it's, you expose yourself to all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. and so how's that going to leave you feeling mm -hmm. hopeful <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, I, angry I, most of the time. I, angry most of the time. So Desperate. I, I, I expose myself to, I, I titrate my new exposure to the, to the mainstream news. Um, and I read things like positive news, which mm -hmm. is now, you know, becoming more popular. Yeah, put and I, so that's positive, positive news is what comes up on my Facebook feed, yeah. not the Guardian or the New York Times or anything. It's, no. That's what I see. And I, so this morning I read a lovely story about something here going on with these people. I go, that's what I want to hear in my life. Yeah. Again, it's not about being Pollyanna. Or saying there's not not saying there's horrible things happening in the world, but I want to titrate it. You know, take be very careful about monitoring how much of that I let in, so I don't wake up. First thing I do is look at my news feed on my phone, which I don't do. So I don't do that and go, oh god, isn't the world a horrible place? Oh, I better get up. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we did, and and we were sitting downstairs having a coffee, and then you you go over the news, and then you you go on about the news while you're drinking coffee. Which doesn't help with your anxiety, I guess. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's that it's that awareness that people yeah. need to have. That because there's people running around going like, oh, I just feel angry all the time, but I don't know why. And then mm. they go like, Yeah, but I. And so you read the newspaper, for instance. Yeah, from back to back, you know, inside mm. out. No, mm. duh. That's why you're feeling angry all the time because mm. it's filled with. You know stuff that you don't you don't need in your life. Nobody mm -hmm. needs it. Most people don't need it. And so, if you have that awareness, uh, if you create that awareness, because it's something that you have to train yourself, that you just don't take anything for granted. You know, just have that awareness that everything you see and smell and and happens around you and the people mm -hmm. you interact with has an effect on you. Yeah. And those horrible stories that we expose ourselves to, again, they are, it's a bit like the adver advertisements you talk about. It's just all around. And so Sao Paulo has taken the move to just remove them all. A lot of it will be unconscious or subconscious. If we are exposing ourselves to horrible stories of what's going on in the world all the time, it, it can't help but influence our levels of cortisol in our bodies, you know, the stress hormone. So, of course, you're angry because you've just unknowingly started to pump stress hormones through your body. Mm -hmm. And then you're less inclined to connect with another human being and... And you know, to flip the other switch, which starts to pump through the good hormones, the oxytocin that bonds us to other exactly. humans and feels exactly. loving towards other humans. You know, 
and you don't have to uh, to 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 uh, cuddle or whatever, you know, just no, just seeing somebody on the subway or on the underground uh, that that has a smile on his face, yeah, is can be more than enough to to uh, feel elated, to to, to yeah. feel yourself, to have your spirit Lose lifted, yeah, right. I try every time when I uh, with a waiter or anywhere that I go uh, to be light about things yeah. right yeah. because the minute you do you 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 see the other person just responding to it in a, in a yeah. positive way and yeah and that in turn makes me feel better and yeah you know if if, if imagine coming in, in at in work in the office in the morning and there was a, a little bit of a I think I've mentioned somewhere before, but in the Netherlands, when I came into the office, it was just right. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, when I was in Brussels, um, they had the uh, the habit of greeting everybody individually. Um, not top management, obviously, but you know, just your your coworkers, your, your peers. Yeah, yeah. And but physically shaking everybody's hand uh, makes you forces you to connect with that person. Mm. You know, and it doesn't really work to be grumpy or just to go like shaking hands like that it doesn't work it, it doesn't, doesn't work because it's you not, have that yeah. you got to have that connection so you might as well just go like okay good morning and it was such a difference i mean it didn't last the whole day you know it but you know it's you know there's still some it's friction and much everything. better start to the day though isn't oh, it much better yeah. and i didn't know what i was i was getting into I, I i i'd never experienced something like that before and it was uh, liberating it was something like oh like okay I, I can get used to this this is this is better and but can you imagine coming into the office in the morning and everybody just goes like you know it's reasonably happy to see you or you know exactly how was your weekend or exactly you know, those kind of things and and um, having a smile on their face because you know they didn't uh, uh, yeah they they didn't let traffic get to them. Or yeah. they didn't let the the public transport, you know, the, the, all the, the amount of people or whatever the busyness get to them, and yeah. uh, you know we have a, a nice balance at work where we can honestly discuss things with each other in an open fashion, in a trustworthy, warm surrounding where mm. you don't get burned just for raising your hand, you know, those yeah. kind of things. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. And so, wouldn't it be amazing if we just nice? I think, absolutely, I mean, that whole thing about the Google research, and my first response when I first, very first saw this several weeks ago was, really, they needed research to say that <laughs> teams, teams work better when they're nice? And I, and I realized, I, I know it was a cynical sort of response, but then I kind of thought about it. and then It's I thought, not nice, John. But then I thought, but I wasn't nice, no. But then I kind of thought about it again, I went, but no, seriously, did they actually have to do some data gathering to find out that teams work better when they're kind to one another? No, they didn't. Because that was not the uh, the theorem that they were working on. I know yeah. they 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 actually they actually ended up finding something that they weren't looking for. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, right? I mean, they were looking for for a reason why, 
and they were going at it in a statistical manner. Exactly. And scientifically trying to, you know, yeah, they were going to through mix of personality types. Is it yeah. down to yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I meant when I my reaction was surprise coming from the the sort of trajectory that I take. You know, the the sociometry stuff that I've learned and that I apply and others that. For me, it's absolutely no surprise that teams work better when they are getting on nicer. Exactly. That, no surprise. Exactly. But uh, so it was. It was interesting that they weren't even looking for that, and their data didn't show it, and that that was what they ended up with. Like, yay, fantastic at last. <laughs> but it's amazing that they 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 come to that conclusion. Yeah. Uh, you know, when most likely, um, in the outcomes of the 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 research that they were doing, there was not even uh, a table where uh, you know or a chart or anything yeah where something like that was actually noted down as a possible right. outcome you know and 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 yet it was and um so yeah that's i mean it's kind of weird i'm closing my window sorry and um um so it's surprising that they come to to a conclusion like that i mean as far as the research goes uh, as far as you and and mm. me and, and and many other people i guess in hindsight anyway will go like yeah duh of course people work better when they're nice to each other we all we all kind of know that instinctively don't they let's go back to the research monkeys right yeah. we know genetically inherently with each other that we're social yeah. we're social that's what we do that's what we've always been that's how we got to where we are but because of convenience, and I, I blame supermarkets in, in, in part for those kind of things, is that because of the convenience in our lives, we don't have to. And it's something that we also mentioned right. earlier. Right. Yeah. I don't have to leave the house. I don't yeah. have yeah. to communicate with people. I don't have to interact with people in order to stay alive. I really don't. Uh, well, maybe a little for work, you know, those kind of things. But for most part, I don't. Not when I'm here. I don't. I can go to the supermarket and not say a word. I think there's that thing to come back to the comment you made before about take, making a stand as well, which is really important. Mm -hmm. um, you know that making a stand for myself. So I don't want to feel in a in a horrible mood. So I'm going to do something different so that it, my my mood is lighter. Mm -hmm. I might smile at people or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think there's also making a stand in workplaces as well. There's um. Have you heard of Eileen Burbage? She's I a tech, have not. In, in tech, a tech investor. She's American, I think she's based in the UK now. And she operates what she calls a no assholes rule. No assholes allowed rule. <laughs> right. Or no assholes if you're in Britain. <laughs> awesome. she based, she's, a, she's an investor in tech startups. She won't invest money in a startup if they're assholes. Right. If, rude, if, like if they're rude to her receptionist when they come in for meetings, she goes, thank you, but no thank you. Like it's that whole thing of you know never yeah i've seen something like that never, coming by never marry, yeah. never marry someone who's rude to a waiter you know when you go yeah. out on a date so, yeah. and that's her, she's got that attitude it's like yeah. yeah it's great i want some you know go getters and da 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 and exciting and energy and new ideas and innovations and da 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 but they got to be nice people too you know and there's that thing of we 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 kind of admire the people who are highly successful the steve jobs of the world and so on who are highly successful and we forgive them the fact that they are assholes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't actually. You know, so I'm on record now saying that. <laughs> because I, I think I think there's a piece of I have to mark of, the podcast as explicit now. I think I think there's a piece missing. If if in all other respects they are doing some great things for the world and they are not a good human being. 
there's something missing for me. Uh, the question question then stands: Are they doing something good for the world? Right. Well, that's the question that I'm I'm left with. Yeah. And so, the answer, yeah. arguably, is no. Yeah. 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 Because so in the end, that you're bringing an you're an innovative idea, and you're helping people to work more effectively, and all that stuff. Yeah. But but in the background, are you also? But, it, but if you show people that you can do this, being, if you being can dismissive this, of other human beings, exactly yeah. while being an arsehole, then yeah, is it really yeah. the message that you want to get across? Yeah, right? That's and right. and and it's true as you say. I mean, and they get away with it. I mean, Elon Musk, arguably, is also uh, mm. in, in private not a really. Uh -huh. uh, nice person and and um i had the uh, discussion with uh, with my friend uh do you really need to be an asshole to uh to 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 get to that level to to uh -huh. be as successful as they are or were uh do you really need to be I this mean, is what i think about eileen burbage make she's making a stand not just for herself because she wants to have a life that's you know full of compassion and love or whatever it is that she wants to achieve mm -hmm. i don't know um but she's making a stand for the world of work as well saying i won't invest in a startup if they're rude to my receptionists mm -hmm. it's that's that you know and i think making a stand for it and i think to answer that question she's now she's saying no you don't need to be an asshole to no. be successful and good at what you do oh. you know that line from the steve jobs film i really liked when they're having a row he's having a row with wozniak and was says it's not binary. You can no. be a decent person and good at what you do at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think you need both, you know, you need both. You know, I've I've met bosses who are really lovely, lovely, lovely people. And they try and achieve everything by being just nice people. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff missing, mm -hmm. like decisiveness and transparency and some of that other stuff. If that's missing, that's not good. But also, if you've just got the, the kind of determination, the decisiveness, the decision making, all that good stuff, but you're not a nice person, there's equally something missing. I think you need both decency and good working practices. Oh, the the difference, I guess, between the two is the one you just make a lot of money. Yeah. And the other, you make a lot of money, you make a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, I think that's the big difference, and, and in the end, many people should ask themselves that question: Which do yeah. you rather have? You know, yeah. do you want that power, that money, or whatever, whatever comes with it, whatever comes yeah. with that attitude that you're having? Yeah. Or do you want to have friends? Do you want to have people around you who love you for who you are, want to be with you because of yeah. you, not because of the car that you drive? Yeah. And yeah. say and say things. You know, when you're when you're long gone, say things like. And and he was a or she was a nice person, a lovely you know human being. They made a difference in my life, or, you know that sort of stuff. Exactly. As well as the other stuff, you know. Exactly. Well, you can't have both. The walls is right. You can have you can have both. It's not binary. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. On, the, on that note. On that note. Um, we'll put some links in the in the podcast yeah. notes. Yeah, for people um, to read. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So to those who have been listening, thank you for listening.